And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk, this is the Rotherham United Podcast and we're back. Don't know what Rotherham stuff we're going to talk about because nothing's <laughs> happened. Maybe that's what we can talk about, the fact that nothing's happened. Um, but welcome everybody, thank you for joining us and we will f- do what we can. We have a full house, we have Mick with us, hello Michael. Hello. Uh, we have um, people expecting a rant today, uh, I don't know where <laughs> that's going to come from, how that's going to come, but people are expecting one. Um, so... <laughs> uh, these things come naturally. Mick doesn't prepare for rants, do you, Mick? Just <laughs> happen. Yeah? Yeah, if you want. Okay. Uh, Danny is with us. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Very, very good. And Benjamin's with us. Hello, Benjamin. Hello. Happy summertime. Are we in summertime? <coughs> yeah. Nearly there, aren't we? It's 2002. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, talking to us. <laughs> Professional style, well. everybody. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Isn't it good? Um, so what we want to first off tonight is welcome aboard a new sponsor who is helping us keep the show going. Athletic Green have jumped on board for us. Now Athletic Green are they're a supplement company who help try to help you with your lifestyle, with your well-being. Um, they do the AG1, which is absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and that adaptogens, which is a new word I learned because they sponsored us. Um, they are it is really good. They spent, they spent it was two or three weeks ago. Um, certainly me, Mick, and Danny have been using it every day. And it's, for me, energy. I have so low on energy a lot of time, and this has been really good to help me through those periods. Mick, I know you've been there. You've been, you've been loving it, haven't you? <laughs> I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife, not so much, because it's given me loads of energy as well, so I'm all right, turning it backside now. But um, 
even more so than normal. Yeah, good stuff. Very, very good. Really enjoying it. It takes a little bit of use to get in, getting used to taste wise. It's not, it, but it's not as though it tastes horrible, is it? It's just no, just a bit of acquired taste. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's like I said. I mean, lifestyle friendly. It's got keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, and gluten free. Uh, it's got over five thousand, seven thousand five star ratings for the reviews and testimonies. Danny, just give us a give everybody a quick review from you very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I would show you the um, <clears throat> the uh, the, mi the mixing bottle that you get with it. But unfortunately, it's in the sink because I've had mine today. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is it is very very good. I mean, like Mick says, the initial taste does take you a little bit by surprise, but yeah, when when you get used to it, it's one of the best energy drinks from a natural source, if you like, that I think is out there because you know you've got your likes of Monster and Red Bull or anything that are packed full of sugar and caffeine and stuff that's generally bad for you over the long term. But with this stuff, it's all natural, and before getting into athletic green i never really touched anything that were like completely vegan and and gluten free because generally there isn't that much out there that is that and now yeah. that i've tried that it's like you know what well i could i could get used to this i could get used to it very very much and uh yeah i, I think it's uh it's fantastic and to use the old stereotype on this on this podcast i highly recommend it <laughs> <laughs> yes we do yes we do um, so to make it easy, Athletic Green are going to give everybody who goes on to our site a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 travel pack with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rotherham and that's take ownership of your health and ultimate daily national nutritional, not national insurance, nutritional <laughs> insurance. Uh, we will do a better advert. That is horrendous. We've, we've butchered that. So apologies, Athletic Green, but we've got it out there. It is brilliant. We do recommend it. Um, right. Let's talk about some Rodham stuff. Talk about Rodham United. There isn't really much to cover. Uh, Danny, I am going to come to you first because I have only one rumour, and that is one that's sort of broke today. Alex Cochran from Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, do you think that's got any legs, or is that just rumour? I mean, it is the first I've heard of it as well when uh, you put it in the group chat earlier today, Matt. <laughs> um but from what I can see on the screen, he's mainly been involved with Brighton's under-23s. Um, he hasn't really been anywhere else. He's sort of come through their academy and he's gone on a few loans here and there. I believe was on loan at Hearts last season in the Scottish Premiership, I think. Hearts in the Premiership? They might be. Yeah, there we yes, go. Yes, yes. Yep, there we go. So, yeah, as you can see on screen, the area's details. He's only got a year left on his contract, so I think Brighton might command a fee for him. Um, and he has just extended that to have the year left. Um, not done too bad in the Scottish Premiership, bearing in mind he's a defender and he's got three goals and four assists. I believe he is primarily a left-sided defender, so on the, on the left-back side, but he can also play a little bit further forward in like a wing-back sort of situation. And he has appeared in centre midfield as well. So he's a bit of a mm. versatile left-sided player, which is nice. Um, yeah, but that's all I've really got to know. I know that there are a few clubs that are interested in, it, in him as it stands. I think Coventry are looking at him as well. Um, I can't remember. Luton, that's another name. They're looking at him as well. And Hearts again. Uh, yeah, and Hearts again, bringing him back permanently. Um but I think he does really want to trust himself in the championship. Like I said, he's not really played in English footballs, upper echelons. 
So I think he wants to try himself in the championship, see how he does. He's still a good age at 22, so he's got a lot of learning to do. And we know what Paul Warren's like. He is one of the teachers of, of football in the EFL, if you like, and he's bound to improve if he does come here. In terms of how much weight he's got, with coming to Rotherham, we'll have to wait and see, because like I said, it's first I've heard of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, not the first time we've, we've, we've always put up his random stat because to give us an idea is, according to Football Manager, his top stat is his work rate, um, which is not the first. I think kind of Washington was, I think, was one of his top rates, was his work rate or something like that, um, mm. which is a good sign. I, again, Mick doesn't like the on Football Manager information, but it's just a good point. It's just a good sign that he is a, clearly a hard-working guy, otherwise that stat wouldn't exist. Um, something else, Mick, is that he's a left-sided player. And we ain't got any left-sided players anymore. So that is obviously, it's really obvious that that's tight player has been linked with us because we ain't got a left-back. I don't think we've got a left midfielder than Shane Ferguson. I think I say it in it, Shane Ferguson, it is vital we get somebody on the left-hand side and a bit of balance. Well, what's interesting about it as a rumour is that uh, whoever created the rumour in the first place, and we don't, that obviously remains to be seen, um, has either one done the homework um, or two, there might be some truth in it. Uh, because it, it ticks just about every box, doesn't it, at the moment, mm. from those that you pulled there. Um, you know, it, that, that left side of defence uh, slash midfield is, is, is an area we're looking to strengthen. We've only got to Lagi Bowler realistically uh, oh. at the moment can fill that term. And then Shane Ferguson, uh, excuse me, um, who can fill that berth. So, you know, it would his age ticks the box, ticks the box, his work rate ticks the box, although that is a football manager, so you well, who knows how true that is? Um, so football it, manager scouting is a very, a very, very complex. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure teams pay to use it. I don't know if they still do. There was a story several years ago that Everton yeah, paid it, for the use of their scouting system. Again, I don't know if they still do or whatever. Knowing Everton right now, they clearly they might do. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. I think the recruitment's good. Um, Either way, yeah, it takes a lot of boxes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Absolutely does. Let's see what we've got with us in the comments. We've got Theo Liversidge, Powermad UK, Neil Liversidge, who is watching Soccer Aid. Bless you. Uh, S64 Mill uh, is with us, evening lads. John Hinsliffe. Um, who have we got? Chris Nichols, hi from the Aussie Insomnia. Thank you. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Jim Williams is with us. Uh, Steve Grundy, the first Grundy to get into the show tonight. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Um, but like Bet Mick says, Ben. That left-hand side, it's not a problem yet because we're still in early June, nearly in mid-June, sorry. So it's not necessarily, oh no, let's sign a left-sided player as soon as possible, but it is going to be an issue if it gets to mid-August or if it's not a left-sided player. Is it is it a rumoured loan or is it a rumoured permanent? Yeah. Well, if it's a rumoured permanent, then that's, it could be, if it is true, it could be a good, good, good signing because obviously the past couple of years we've kind of been short-terming that left side, you know, mm. I'd bring people in from loans or, you know, bringing experienced players in like Ferguson, but they're not long term. And obviously, this kid's a young lad, and if, if he's if he's good enough, then it could be, you know, a, a long term left sided player, which is what we've needed for since Matic, really. Since Matic, we had got injured. Yeah, we had, yeah, yeah, because we had Matic for about four or five years, didn't we? So mm. solidly playing, and then since then, we haven't really. Since he got injured, we haven't really had uh, a permanent left-sided player. So I think it, could, it is a good signing. It is a good target, even if it, it you know, even if we're not 
scouted mm. him. It's just complete nonsense. It is a good target. So, yeah, mm. can't complain. I just feel left back's a strange position that if you can get a good left back, they're very solid. Paul Hurst, Joe Scars, Joe Mattock, they're very solid. But it doesn't feel to me there's many of those around. It, can, it feels to me it can be a problem position for lots of teams because if you very rarely get a, an exciting and a sexy left back, do you, Danny? They're just left backs. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they were good and exciting, they'd be left wingers, wouldn't they? So it, it's not like right backs are fun and exciting. Left backs rarely are, are they? especially at this level, I know. Yeah, I think you've got a point, actually. I think, to use John Brecken's old term, uh, if you played left-back, you were a failed centre-back, so they just stuck you out a bit <laughs> wider. Um, but, yeah, I think the de- the proper definition of a left-back, you know, the person who occupies that far left side of your back four, um, we're seeing in a reduced capacity in modern football, really, because if you're a pacey, defensive-minded player, you're more of a wing-back now. But if you're more defensively minded than you are pacey, you sort of get put into the more defensive back three, like what we have now. Um, and Joe Matic always said that his favoured position was just on the left of a back three. But because that wasn't really a massive thing, that's why he was a solid left back, but he could sort of do both jobs. Um, but if he, if he is an out-and-out left back, then I, I, I can't really see... Um, <laughs> I can see him being more of a um, a thing in for Ferguson because, like with Matic, the left-back always played further forward with us. But if he can play in a back three on the left side, then that could be very good news for us because then he can be that out on the left-hand side but also very defensive-minded. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're right, Matt. You don't really see a sexy left-back anymore because if they're good on the ball and sexy, they play as a winger. But if they're more of a wrecking ball left back then they more <laughs> they more put get yeah, yeah. put into a into a back two don't they but just to add a teensy tiny little bit more weight to this room it has come from Chris Cook who is a freelance sports journalist for Talksport and the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um he's tweeting out quite a lot of rumours at the minute. One involving Sheffield Wednesday, one involving Dan Iverson going to Sunderland, which is interesting. Um and then us uh with the um Alex is it Cochran? Is that how you say it? Cochran? I think it's Cochran, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> and then there's that rumour from us as well. Um, so, yeah, there could be a little bit of truth to this, which is nice because we've not really had much other news over the last week, have we? Other than no. uh, Paul Warren going on a on a session in Benidorm. <laughs> and that came from a Sheffield Wednesday yeah. fan. <laughs> yes, it did, yeah. Uh, yeah, but the question is, Mick, why would it, we, this club can't sign players? We can't even get people who are under contract to try and stay. You know what I mean? What kind of club are going to attract that type of player? You know, come on, Mick, come on. Are you trying to, are you trying to get him to set me off? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's time Tony Stewart dug his hand in his pocket. It's just a joke, man. Honestly, it's just a joke. Are, are they expected to carry on this coming season with players we've got on the contract at the minute? It's absolutely embarrassing, mate, honestly. It really is. It's embarrassing. I know of at least three players that we should have gone for and we didn't go for because we weren't going to afford it. <laughs> afford it. I've got that on a reliable source. <laughs> What's your reliable source? HP. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's, it, yeah, it's it's already started, hasn't it? You know, it's it's, yes. out, it's out there at the minute. All these people saying that you know we went for so and so and Tony wouldn't pay price and you know what I mean. All these things that may have happened. Hmm? But they happened in somebody's head. Not in <laughs> the real world, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has uh, been remarkably quiet. And I, and I, 
I say remarkable. I suppose it is it remarkable that it's quiet on the twelfth of June. Is is we that said, we said right at the beginning of this, didn't we? At oh, the back end of last season, as, as last season finished, it's going to be quiet. Rather than I don't do the business in the first three weeks at transfer window, never have done. As long as I can remember, and certainly not under this current regime, you know, they bide the time, they pick the targets, they go out and they get the targets that they're after. Nine times out of ten, they get, they get the ones that they're after, don't they? You know, the, the, we, this is not a Steve Evans regime where we just throw net out and see who we can catch, you know, and hopefully there's a, a good in it amongst them. That's not what happens anymore. It doesn't happen under Paul Warren. I don't know. Yeah, Ben. Again, let's go theoretical. Before we talk about some trans, uh, the contracts that haven't been signed yet, when would you get worried if it got to a week before the start of season? Why have you got to get worried? I know. I was about if, to if, 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 and I this is not going to happen. But let me ask the question because this is what people, this is what some people are worried about. If it gets to the 29th of June and we've got just about enough people to fill the squad bench, would you be worried then? Would you wait until the, the end of the transfer window shuts? And we've not maybe not got a full twenty-five. Would you be worried then? I'm asking if and when you will be worried. If you say you're never going to be worried, it's your answer, Ben. I'm just asking. I would be worried on the thirty-first on the twenty-ninth of July if we haven't got seven. If we haven't got eighteen players, that's when I'd be worried because there's obviously a plan. Obviously, it's a professional football club. There's obviously a plan. So no, I, I, I to be I, I wouldn't be worried. Answer your question. Okay. Never. Tom, Tom J. Brown summed up pretty well. If we're in League One, we would have signed a few players by now. As we're in the Championship, we're taking our time because we have to get it right. Yeah, and that's a, that's another good point, Danny, to point out to everybody that's sort of whinging and moaning. The wages we would have to pay in League One if we sign a new player will be significantly less. Significantly less. Anyway, we sign the Championship, it's going to be the high end of our wage structure because they've got to be better than what we've already got. So we can't just say, right, here's 10 grand a week, Dexter Blackstock, please make sure you're a good player. We've got to make sure they're right, haven't we? Yeah, we do. And um, I can tell you right now, there will be a list um, that they keep looking over more or less every day. Because like Paul Warren says, now that it's post-season, you're effectively on holiday, but it's a holiday where you can't turn your phone off because it's all mm. constantly ringing. I mean, for all we know, there could be a whiteboard that they've got up at Roundwood. They might be doing the same thing that I've got, and they've just got names on a whiteboard, and they keep going, right, let's, uh, what's he like, this, that, and other. But in the day, we don't know, because mm. after the uh, the Freddy fiasco, which is actually quite a good name for it, um, we are keeping cards much, much closer to our chest now, and I'd be surprised if we hear <clears throat> any sort of really cemented transfer rumour until the club actually announces that we've signed somebody. For example, when we signed Connor Washington, the rumour was on the day that it was announced. And um, <clears throat> and all these other rumours, yeah, they are players that we might have been linked with, but we'll never never know until the club announces it because we are keeping everything so close to our chest now. Um, and I, I saw a comment um, earlier saying that he'll want to sign some players ready for the Croatia camp. Exactly. Because they'll want to build up the fit. That's the one. They'll want to build up the fitness in Croatia with maybe at least eighty percent of the squad that he'll probably use during the season. Um, and you have to remember, it's only twelfth of June, and our first preseason game is on the first of July, and it's against Parkgate. And then the next day, they're flying out to Croatia, so might be two or three 
coming in between now and then. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think uh, he'll want a few in before we go to Croatia. And if not, then <clears throat> you, have to ask, you have to ask the question, why is it taking a bit longer? <clears throat> Excuse me. But I agree with Ben. We don't start worrying until it's July 29th and we've only got 15 players. That's when we need to worry. But as for right now, I'm just enjoying the ride and seeing people lose their minds that nothing's happened. And it's like, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I would say about the Croatia trip, you've got to bear in mind last season, I mean, Matt Crooks came to came with us to Hungary. And we all knew Matt Crooks wasn't staying, didn't we? We all knew it. But he still came with us, and then I think we look. You look at when we signed Rathbun, Adolfin, um, and well, we signed like three players the week before the season started, didn't we? Reg, I think. Reg, I think, yeah, exactly. So if they're not here for Croatia, that hasn't hindered us in the past. So I don't, I don't even think Croatia is a stopping point. I think maybe the week before the start of the season, if you'd like, like them all to get at least a friend under the belt, wouldn't you? In an ideal world, um, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I remember last season when we did our pre-season predictions, we did them before we signed those players. And that's why, other than Mick, that's why all our predictions were quite pessimistic because we hadn't signed those players yet. We didn't know what we were going to get into. Um, yeah, it's just Mick, Mick got lucky. That's why. Because <laughs> he, he just said first, he, we're always going to say first, even if we weren't busted, say first. <laughs> if we had 20 point point deduction, he'd say first. Just to yeah. prove a point. So he got lucky. That's not right, Ben. He said, we, fi- right. said we finished sixth in championship and yeah, we got relegated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that wrong. stupid. It is. I got that wrong. It's just, just goes uh, to disprove what you've just said there, then, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Michael Smith, uh, as of yet, not signed a new contract. If he'd have signed it, we would have known. We don't know whether he's turned it down. There's been no communication yet. Anything to add, you three? We, we talked that to death last week, to be honest with you. If any of you three want to add anything, now's your chance. But I, I don't think there's anything to add at this stage. Don't worry about it. Cool. Just don't worry. The other one that's <laughs> worth noting is Icky. Now, Icky is in the same boat. Icky hasn't signed a new contract. We haven't been confirmed that he's rejected his new contract. But this is the kicker. He was heavily linked with Derby. Now, by all accounts, he had agreed a deal with Derby County. Now, <laughs> we all know... deals with Derby County, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now, we all know what's happening to Derby County. Their takeover has been delayed indefinitely. Now that's this then becomes a question, Mick. That Darby, if, if and when Darby are out of administration, they will be able to offer Icky much more money than we can. But how long can you wait? Because this was meant to be sealed by Friday. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going into details with Darby. <laughs> we ain't got time. But this then becomes an interesting thing for him, doesn't it? Really, what, what's can he wait? Is he going to wait? Like, like, sorry, rather I'm leaving. I'm going to try and get somewhere else. It's quite an interesting turn of events, really, for anybody to link with Derby. Well, it is, isn't it? And there's an EFL statement come out today that um, have, have basically they've, they've told Derby that they've got two weeks, I think, essentially, to uh, sort a deal out, or that's it. Uh, it's a shame they didn't give the same sort of amount of time to the likes of Bury and Macclesfield and other teams that went bust, in it? But there you go, that's, um, that's EFL for you. They don't want to be have one of their sort of uh, poster boys going under, do they? Um, so it, it's, it's an issue if, if he's if he's signed a pre-contract or whatever. I don't I don't know what Derby has signed it with because there's nobody in charge, is there? You know mm. what I mean? Um, it, 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 it's it's just a mess. 
a complete mess. Um, so if if that's what he's waiting for, uh, I might be starting to look elsewhere, mate. I'll be honest. Um, it's, it's bizarre that he's even signed a contract with the, with Derby. Well, he hasn't so, signed it. I think it was a verbal agreement. I think. I know, but if you've got any common sense, and you'd stay well away from that club, wouldn't you not? Well, exactly. No, that's that bizarre. If, if they're offering double wages, which they will be, the imaginary, the money that they won't get paid, they won't pay him. Listen, let, let me yeah. let me set your set of circumstances, Matt. Obviously, I'm not going to reveal what you do for a living, but if, for example, Derby came to you and said, right, Matthew, we'd like you to come and do what you do now, but do it for Derby County, we'll offer you double the wages. Would you go? Uh, yeah. Would you? Do, you? do you think that, would you trust them to pay you? Oh, right, okay, sorry. Uh, in three weeks. Yeah, you know that's I mean? the question. Yeah, 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 I get you. Why, why, would any, why would anybody, anybody want to go there? It's an absolute shambles. It really is an absolute shambles. So, else I, says, uh, waiting for Derby to come out of administration. That we retired by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Ben might be retired by Yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, Power Med UK says Paul Davis says an update on Smith is in your paper on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Uh, not uh, this is not me slagging off Paul Davis. I think he's amazing at what he does. But if there was an announcement, the club would announce it. Uh, an update from Paul Davis will be that we've given we've given Smithy an extra week, which means nothing because if Smith says I need a four or five more days, we'll give him four or five more days. Um, when there's an update, the club will tell us, and that's where it's going to come. It's going to come directly from the club as and when there is an update. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add on those two? Are we waiting too long? Should we wait longer? Does it matter? Anything else to add? Or we move on? I still think I still think he'll sign a new contract. I'm optimistic. Smithy or Icky? Yeah, or both. Uh, maybe maybe not Icky, because um, I've seen that Bolton are interested in him as well. Hmm. Um, Seemingly one then. Yeah, exactly. Kieran sadly placed for him. That's why. Um, <laughs> But I, 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 I honestly think this is me and my optimist brain. I honestly think Smithy will sign um, a new deal because I've seen that maybe Sunderland want to take him, and it's like with him being a Macum, um, with him being a Geordie, would he want to go to Sunderland? I know. Would the if, fans um, want him? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a player who's openly done the Shearer celebration while scoring yeah. against them. I mean, I know his his girlfriend and and uh, that side of the family are from Sunderland, so that might play into it. But you know, we'll see. Um, Middlesbrough, maybe I could see him signing for them, linking back up with Crooksy, um, getting back into that system with him that he played for, which worked for us in the championship. But they're like the only real two options that I could see for him. I can't really see him traveling that big of a distance to go anywhere because he's nice and settled in, I believe he's in Barnsley somewhere. Um, so he's not, he's nice and settled there. I think it is just a discussion that he's having. With his with his girlfriend about, you know, because they're they're a unit, you know, they move as a unit. Same thing with um, with Dan Barlasser. If if any offer was to come in for him, he would have to speak to his missus about it, and you know all the upheaval that's involved with that. But I can tell you for sure, but Barlasser isn't going anywhere this summer. He's already yeah. openly said that. Um, but with Smith, I, I can see him resigning. Honestly, I, but I can see him really taking his time to ponder his options because he's an intelligent bloke and he will want to take his time and 
see it all on, on the table in front of him and see what, what the best option is. And might be a little bit <clears throat> cynical saying Rotherham's his best option being a Rotherham fan, but I don't know. I could, I could I can honestly see him resigning, but we'll do it in like a really showy offy way. Like he'll model the away kit or something, and then I like, oh, it, it's like, oh, here's on your away kit. And by the way, Smudge is staying. I, I could honestly see that being <laughs> what, the case. What I'd like him to do is is for here's our second kit and Michael Smith modelling it, but don't reference it at all. Don't say anything about my, don't put Michael Smith in the article once, but just have him modelling the kit. I mean, they have had him in modelling something. With, um, it was the, um, I think it was the children's yeah, city of culture thing, yeah? yeah. And I look at someone said in the comments, "Oh, that picture's recent because when I last saw Smudge, he had a shave, and now he's got he's got stubble." So it's like, <laughs> mm, conspiracy <laughs> hat time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck to it. Uh, I'll show me signs. I, I think there's been a lot of people saying we should withdraw the offer because it's taking too long. <laughs> the, 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 the club will be getting their their ducks in a row. There's no rush. Um, you know, the real football season finished what three weeks ago at Sunderland game. It played one, so and for a championship we're in championship, aren't we? So, yeah, I, I don't worry about it. If if he turns out he's not say it's not signing, we'll have other other you know people we'll be going after. I don't think there's what what would we gain by re, with, withdrawing a contract offer? If he rejects it, you move on. But there's no point withdrawing the offer. It just seems petty to me. And I am a petty man. I enjoy being a petty man, but I think it's too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's move on. Um, the other transfer rumor, which never was actually a rumor, but was sort of people, other fans were excited, was Ross Sykes. Now we we bigged up Ross Sykes for the past four or five weeks because I think he is an excellent player. I think he fits the mold of being a Rotherham player. Um, he is going to Belgium uh, apparently. And uh, another reason I bring this up is because he's gone for a quarter of a million pounds, uh, Mick. Now. That's a good price for a player of that. For that, he's only he's very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he could, if he, if we've not signed him, he clearly doesn't fit our mould, and I think he's going to play European football, so he won't come anyway. But that just shows that there is players out. If he's a quarter of a mil, there are players out there that are going to be within our budget that potentially could be as good or better than him that we might be able to sign. That's 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 the way I'm playing it anyway. Yeah, absolutely, there are. We don't know who they are. Because we don't, we, none of us do this for a living, you know. And none of us, none of us support us do this for a living. So we don't know what the market is. We don't know who's available in the market or who might be available, whether it be on a transfer or on a loan. We we just have no, no understanding of it whatsoever. We don't know what's happened with the, this transfer from him to to the Belgium club. I think it, is it uh, one of is it Leicester's Brighton's Brighton's sister club. So there the, the might be some dealings going off there behind the scenes. You, you don't know any of this. You know, the, the figures that are quoted for transfer fees are just a finger in air by somebody on Twitter, you know. And you know what I mean? So none of us know the details of any of these sorts of things. But like the point out quite rightly there, you know, there are players available. Um, and, and our recruitment team will have been doing their homework a long time before this season finished as to, as to where they want to be throwing the net. Um mm. And, and, and wheels will be in motion. Let's not panic. Don't panic. You know, yeah. uh, sure. he's hand in his pocket. He said that he will invest in the playing side this season, whether that be in transfer fees or wages. He will do it. Let's wait and see. Uh, Cheryl still points out, but no one in England thinks it's worth it either. Exactly. 
if Coventry had come in and thought it was worth it, they'd have paid money. They'd probably gone to Coventry or Luton or something like that. So that's a very, very valid point. There must be a reason that other English clubs haven't gone in for him for that price. Um, so let's just chill. <laughs> let's just chill. Um, Paul Barney Barnfield, Barnfield Barney says, Will Grigg, what's happening with him at the moment? Heard nothing. As far as I'm aware, Danny, I always throw to you on these type of things, but as far as I'm aware, it's still a matter of just working up his fitness. Yeah, we're just waiting to see how he comes back from his uh, rehabilitation, then we'll go from there. That's it, really. Smart decision, I think. We don't want to sign him whilst he's injured because we saw that with Aussie 2 2 and, um, and, he, and he didn't play for the first <clears throat> month or so of his loan. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think, again, we're just going to try and play it smart, wait and see how his rehabilitation goes and just then move from there. Because we, we, we obviously had the, the gentleman's chat with him about, would you like to come back? Yeah, I'd be up for it. But in terms of doing the smart thing, you'll wait until he's back fit before actually putting the contract in front of him and seeing what happens. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no dramas with Will Grigg. I have it on... In confidence that he doesn't like that he doesn't like Sunderland because he told me outside an off license in Gillingham, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and yeah, he definitely wants to. He definitely likes Paul Ward's regime and the whole um, atmosphere around the club. So I think he'd be up for it, but we're just playing it smartly. I think. Yeah, Ben, have you, have you given advice on? You know, I know you're, you're well up on what parts of body needs to train harder and things like that. I assume you've given advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I give him a ring. Give him a ring. I give him a ring. Yeah. Did you do your ankle? No, I won't answer my call. Uh, Thank you, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because of what you said about him and this podcast about him? Not being very good at being mad. I think he's so angry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That were only the beginning of last season. You said, Will, we weren't making football. I sent him some flowers and some chocolates. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, international roundup is basically Chio played a game. Um, Chio played for Republic of Ireland against Ukraine, and I don't know if you three watched this game, but my word, Republic of Ireland were terrible. They are so bad. I know they beat Scotland, which makes it crazy. Chio didn't play in that game, um, but they were terrible. I mean, it was less entertaining to watch than England. We no, all know how bad England no, was. No, 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 Great. No, no. <laughs> um, Listen, I then, spent all day watching grass grow in my front garden, and that was still more entertaining than England. <laughs> uh, did any of you watch Geo for Ireland? No, because no, I'm not subscribing to Premier Sports, unfortunately. I thought I had enough money as it is for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it, Geo was all right. It was fine. Um, what I will say about Geo is it struck me from certainly from set pieces and stuff. It was ordering people around, it was acting like a leader. Which I found quite interesting because for twenty players with Rotherham, it just sort of looks like he enjoys himself and relaxes. But for them, he was being a proper leader, um, which I found quite. It looked like it anyway. Obviously, you know that be nonsense, but I was uh, yeah, I was impressed with that side of his game. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Lee Freeman asks, "Do we all think Volts will be a piggy next year?" No. Um, and the, the only thing I say to that, one of the main reasons I say no, is that he is trying to get in the Welsh squad for a World Cup. I don't think playing 46 games in League One next year is going to enhance his chances of playing at the World Cup. And that's, that's, that's the reason I would say that. Um, All I'll say is, he got into the Wales Club with Rotherham and he hasn't done it with, um, with any other team. Just saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, right, what we're going to do now is, shall we have your... We'll have ben, we're going to do Danny's Manscaped advert. 
uh, as far as ever. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our Rotherham, first Rotherham memories. Now, I've pre-warned Mick to remember this. Uh, we've got lo- we've had loads of people comment on Twitter, today, Twitter and Facebook. I've put some together um, because there were so many. We'll use some today. I'll do some, use some in future. We're going to have the Manzik about that and then we're going to talk about football and no, sorry, Rotherham United first memories. We will see you after our Father's Day advert. Thank you. Here we go. I hope you're all right. Hiya. Um, I just thought I'd drop off a, uh, a little Father's Day present for you. Oh, nice one. Come on, then. So, yeah, here you go. Happy Father's Day. What are these? Well, this is the Father's Day package from Manscaped and the brand new Weed Whacker, which is like your, uh, your nose hair trimmer. <laughs> cool. Wow, look at that. So you've got your ball toner, and you. <laughs> the the, the names the names are brilliant, aren't they? It's the razor then. Yeah, that is the uh, lawnmower four point That's their latest razor. It's <laughs> got a light on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you can shave in the dark. Exactly, and those, it's... those hard to reach places. <laughs> exactly, and it's waterproof as well. Oh, cool. Damn the right smooth. <laughs> Some boxes. Yep. Roger. Yep. Cool. All right, I see. So you get a bag. Yep. Everything in. And um. And that's so you don't get any stray bits. <laughs> that's brilliant. Thank you so much. You're so well. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. And I'll um. I'll see you down at Lane. Thank you very much. Very good, Annie. Oh, really good. I can't believe he said that at the end. I have not forgiven him yet for saying that. (laughs) Uh, So, Danny, that that, that sort of brings us on nicely to the nice segue. Your dad's clearly a Sheffield United supporter. How and when did you first remember going to the Rotherham games? How can you tell? How can you tell? He's a Sheffield United fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, the story. The story behind that is that uh, my dad's side of the family are all from Sheffield, and there's a nice even split in the family between Chef Wednesday and Chef United, which makes a very interesting conversation. <laughs> um, but he's like, so my dad and my granddad took me to my first ever football game, which was at Bramall Lane, and uh, I think it was a three 0 against QPR. And Billy, Skish, Billy Sharp scored an trick, but I, I don't know. There was just something about Rotherham that appealed to me more. Um, Mum's from Rotherham and her side of the family have settled in Rotherham. Um, and I just thought, you know, the story of Rotherham appealed to me more. This is when we were in administration down in the Dumps in League, one, uh, League Two. And I just sort of started looking at the scores, to keep, keeping up with them in, in papers and stuff. But it wasn't until the back end of the 15-16 season that I got to my first game through various circumstances and yeah just fell in love with Rotherham and I thought I'm from Rotherham, Rotherham Rotherham's got a professional team I, I can see this club going places in the future I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and support him <laughs> and here we are just completing my first full complete season of every single game and um, won't change it for the world yeah, I like it, Ben. I like it, Danny. I think my first Rotherham game was against Blackburn and we lost 1-0. Um, all right. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, like I said, we've got loads of people commenting, so we'll go through some of them. I haven't got everybody's in because there were just so many. I was surprised how many responses we got, to be honest with you. Um, we've got a handful, and let's read them out. So we have, this one's on Twitter, this is from Jill. Um, uh, they say that it was the mid-70s in the days of Jimmy McGuigan, Danny. Uh, that mate? McGuigan. Jimmy McGuigan. Uh, Jill says, no idea if we won or the score. Just remember, John Brickens, blonde hair, <laughs> and Jimmy Goodfellow's not so blonde or big hair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a good fella had the same haircut as me. <laughs> uh, good it, 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 he disappeared, and then Rodney Fern came along. I thought we were just doing something along, you know, just keeping Baldies in her uh, in a job at that point. <laughs> oh, James Davis with one. Uh, this this brings in rather than memories and football in symmetry. James Davis says his first game was October two thousand when Rotherham won three 0 against Oxford. Paul Warren scored the first ever goal that he scored with Ronnie Moore as manager. It turns out his dad's first ever goal he saw was Ronnie Moore. And he says, now my son's first ever goal he saw was Paul Warren as manager. So it's got a bit of full circle and symmetry. You know I love a bit of symmetry, Ben. Does like that, does that, do we like that one, Ben? We're having that as a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Good, good, good. Uh, Mick, I've given you about, what time are we on? Uh, I've given you about 12 hours, just under 12 hours notice for you to try and remember. First, we, we, this is a question that's put to us at the end of the season, so we suggest we should do an episode on it. And this is why we're doing it. Um, and the people want, people want to know why you when when you start supporting Rotherham United, Mick, can um, you answer that question? I can, well, I can tell you, and I don't know this for sure because obviously I was too young to remember. Uh, I'm told that I, my first Rotherham game was when I was three years old, um, right. which put that <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> Uh, in 1968, however, <laughs> 54 years ago, however, um, I don't remember it so unsurprisingly. Um, so, but I, I, and my understanding is that sort of from probably five, five, six years old, I've been going ever since, and I think I've only missed. I may have missed a season when I got married first time around um, because of kids and money and, and everything else. Uh, but other than that, I don't think I've missed a season since. Um, but I can't remember any of those early games. I can, I can remember the names of players clearly, as, as, as everybody can. But um, I can't really remember any games, to be fair. It's a time. I don't buy this excuse, I'm afraid. What? <laughs> well, a long time ago. Listen, listen. I have to think very hard, long and hard, to remember who we played last game of this season. Just gone. <laughs> when we were talking, like you said, you remember the game. I do. I, I remember the first game that I really remember was a Tuesday night game. I think it was Tuesday. It must have been a Tuesday. Um, and and I'd got. Did they have floodlights back then? Yeah, they had floodlights. There weren't candles. There were actual bulbs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, and I'd got bored when we were by the time we got to 5 2 down, and we ended up <laughs> 2 at home. And, and it was to um, Branscombe and Bournemouth Athletic. Or was it? Uh, I, I can't remember. Bournemouth, 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 Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic. Um, and we lost 7 2. And I remember, all I remember, the last goal going in, I was stood outside Kiosk underneath main stand because the, the woman used to give us if you if we went just before she shut she'd give us all a little blackjack each 
so that would have been about, I think, it would have been very early 70s, 72, 73, probably. Yeah, it was 72. It was 10th of October, 1972. Then, then better there time travels, obviously. No, I, I, I you researched the frame earlier. Yeah, because he... I, uh, it, had to, it had to be winter time because it was cold, it was wet, and it was dark. And it would at that age, I would have been seven years old, so I would have been probably my, one of my first mm. uh, night matches. So, yeah, there you go. Um, at John C talks about Alan Crawford scoring 30 goals in a season, which thinks is still a record for a winger. Make with Alan Crawford your time? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number 11. Played play number 11, as he would as a left winger. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Good Miller Exco says we had three different goalies during that 7 2 game you mentioned. Mick yeah, you're right, you're right, mate. I, genuinely, I mean, I, I was seven years old at the time, so <laughs> it, it's just I just remember the score, remember it being so cold. And 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 I remember I used to go with mum and dad, and, and my dad being really unbelievably frustrated and annoyed about it. Would you believe that? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Um, and, and me just being really happy because I got a blackjack for free out of kiosk, <laughs> despite the fact that we lost seven two. How are you? Yeah, uh, Mike sixty one Miller says saw Alan Crawford score a brilliant hat trick as Mills came back to beat Oxford three two at their old ground, which is the Manor Ground. Uh, Paul Nixon Facebook has a similar story to Danny. Uh, he says same here with my granddad as a Wednesday fan. His dad was a blade. Uh, he moved to Rotherham from Sheffield with his mum. He used to go to the lane, but when I moved to Rotherham, Mills won the third division title and he was hooked. Yes, that's what they like. Let's throw a few more comments and we'll throw it to Ben in a minute. This is another one from Twitter, LDG. Apparently, my first game was Bristol Rovers. His earliest memory was being in the main stand at Millmore and the exotically named, or he thought, exotically <laughs> named, Evan Okoku was playing for Bournemouth. We drew 1-1. Uh, I got bored and went to play footy with an empty bottle under the stand. <laughs> <laughs> These are the turns at Millmore. When I first went and go, I started going, I used to go with a lad and we, at front of the main stand, we used to kick around a bottle of pop, empty bottle of pop, a bottle of pop, while yeah. the game was going on. No idea what we were going to think game, but just used to start with, come to that New York. Um, <laughs> the joys. Sean Green, his first game was March 1971. He was five-year-old. The match finished. Rotherham four from the three. His abiding memory of the game was the substitute, who thinks was Haig, scored a 90th minute winner with a diving header at the railway end at Millmore. The, what, the what end, Matt? The railway end. The railway end. end. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Brock on the comments. My first ever game was a Tuesday night in the mid 80s. My dad took me. I don't remember much of the game, but I was fascinated by the crowd singing and swearing. <laughs> yeah. my, my dad used to complain that I was when I wasn't at the games. I used to watch the crowd. I like it. Um, ben, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah. Um, go then. My first game that I fully remember is probably the older shot game. The last um, game of that. Is that the, the, the yeah. Promotion. Well, yeah. Either either that, or I think we beat either we beat or lost like six one or five one to Swindon, and Alex Pritchard scored a free kick. Four one. Was I remember that game? Four one. Uh, so that because that was in that season. So that's my earliest. I know that probably makes some people feel a bit old. Um, I thought, do you yeah. not remember Don Valley? Was you not go Don Valley then? 
Yeah, I was at Don Valley. Um, but I, I don't remember any games. I remember Kevin Ellison running about, and I remember the, just the hype around Alfie. That was mm. that was my Don Valley. They're my Don Valley memories. Um, fortunately, so you're lucky. So, you, did you ever go to Millmore for any reason? Did you ever go to Millmore? Uh, uh, you'll have to ask me, but I don't have any memory of Millmore. Unfortunately, that's fine. Um, Rhys Smedley says he remembered Jerry Gow's debut against the Rams. What a debut. Mick, why was this what a debut from Jerry Gow? I, I, I don't know whether I've got this right. Okay. When Jerry Gow came to Rotherham United with a reputation, bearing in mind this was, was it 70s or early 80s? I can't remember exactly. It would have been 70s. With a reputation then in that era of being a proper hard man. I mean, a proper <laughs> hard man in that era. Um, and he came, and Matt, and I don't know whether this is the same game, so forgive me if it's not. He came on, and within 20 minutes, he'd been sent off. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I don't know whether he, he, he broke somebody's leg or broke his own leg at, at a later stage as well. He was an animal, that man. He was an absolute animal. And I, I, I remember there being quite a Ferrari about us being able to sign him. I think we got him from Man City. I'm not sure. We certainly played there mm. um, when when they were decent the first first time around. Uh, but he was an animal, and he literally was sent off within twenty minutes of his full debut. Uh, I imagine back then you had to do something quite bad to get sent oh, off yeah. as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It were, I, I'm sure it was it was it was a nasty challenge. You were right in front of a way dugout as well, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. has got us. It says yellow card after five minutes. Brooks, Steve Ramley's leg a few minutes later, and off before ten minutes. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. Bloody go. hell! What a guy, <laughs> Jerry Gow. What a what a man. And if you didn't think you were a man, you'd tell him you were anyway, because otherwise he'd punch you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know, you know. Now that you've talked about Jerry Gow, I feel a little bit better about lining up against Guy Branston in mm. our charity game. I feel a little bit better now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and obviously I, I've seen Guy Branston a lot, and I, and, and I wouldn't. Uh, hopefully, he listens to this if he's going to be marking you. I, in in relation, in, in if you compare Guy Branston and Jerry Gow, Guy Branston's a pussycat. I'm telling you now. Oh, thank God! <laughs> it was Danny that said that guy, not me. <laughs> nah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Uh, let's give a plug while we're Danny. So that's the uh, 16th of July. Bramley? Yes, Flash Lane at Bramley, yep. Mick and, Mick and Ben were there, they won't be playing, but they will be there. Um, we'll talk about that near the time as well. We'll get up to some right thing. Uh, Powerman UK on, on games, he hated football as a kid, but he went to Don Valley to support his love, come through dark times. <laughs> you were one of very few that went to Don Valley to support yeah, through yeah. dark times. Yeah, we were there, um, we were there. We were, we were, we were uh, it says, I don't remember who we played, and they started going to New York every so often and then could not stop going and got a season ticket. I think that's the case with a lot of football. I come from a footballing family, I come from a Rotherham United family, but from a lot of Rotherham, from some, some fans like Danny and Powell, and I, and I can't remember, uh, some else who met so early ago, it seems quite easy to get hooked on Rotherham United. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, being a fan of the club, because as we've already mentioned, we're entertainment FC, aren't we? Um, even even back, going back to the Bad days. It's, it's entertainment either way. Um, yeah, great to hear. 
Uh, my first game was, well, my first memory was that we played Wickham at home. I oh, think it was God, a right memory that. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't remember. We won 2 1. I, knew, I remember winning 2 1. I don't remember any of the goals. The one thing that sticks out in my memory, I think I was five at the time, the Wickham player, uh, the referee gave a throw in, and the Wickham player tried to take it as a free kick. And then when the referee told him to take it as a throw in, all the crowd started laughing at him. And in my five-year-old, I felt really sorry for this guy who we're getting laughed at. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that, now I'm thinking, he was just trying to cheat him with a free kick. I don't know why I was so worried about him, but I, I just remember feeling really sorry for this Wiccan guy. Like, oh, he's, he's not at home and he's getting laughed at. I feel really sorry for him. Why? <laughs> Whereas now you'll be joining in with laughing, won't you, Matt? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I won't be laughing. I'll call him a name for trying to cheat a free kick. <laughs> uh, not my first one. Got a few more. Sean Green, his first game. We've already done one. Probably just Bailey Vernon. Uh, he says in about 2008-ish, we had Morecambe at home and Don Valley. Literally about the fourth game of the season, nothing on the line whatsoever, and drew nil-nil. Was watching the scores coming at my nans, but because we didn't win, I ended up in tears come five pm. All because we didn't beat Morecambe at home. <laughs> oh, We've all been there, Bailey. We've all been there. <laughs> That is a very good one. Uh, Paul Hudson says, my first memory was sitting on the wall just to the side of the, uh, just to the Tavoli to the side of the goal and about five-year-old and Ronnie Moore hitting me with, hitting one wide and smacking me right in the chops. I hope you kept the ball, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> At least you did um... Oh, I love these. Uh, Lee Freeman, this is a classic one. My first memory was a 4-4 lost on penalties against Wolves in extra time at Millmore. And the extra time lights and the extra time lights went out and everybody was singing for Boothie to put 20p in the meter. <laughs> <laughs> the other reason that game is incredibly famous is because up until the 119th minute, we were winning 4-3. And then Rob Scott scored the greatest own goal of all time. By nailing it into top corner from about eight yards out. <laughs> I think that's on YouTube. If, if you haven't seen the Rob Scott on goal from that game, I highly recommend it because it's incredible. Uh, yeah. Where else have we got? Gerard Sims, this is a good one. She says, taking her boys on a, their seventh birthday. They had been going with their dad for a while, but it was her first match. She was blown away by all the players taking the time to sign Theo's book and wish him a happy birthday. And the club arranged for his favourite two players, Smith and Iverson, to meet in pre-match. The match was against Wimbledon and um, was a draw crooks on the Dapo on the score sheet. Been a huge fan since then and take it home and away. And I think that's the thing with lower league clubs, Danny, really. I, mean, I might be wrong. I might be doing service Premier League clubs. But that's the kind of thing you get with Rotherham United. And that's what keeps people coming. The friendliness of the club, the friendliness of the fans, and that, that kind of thing. For me, anyway, that's, that's how it feels. Yeah, it also helps that you can actually get to low league football games in the current era because um, yeah. my mate Carly was a was a Liverpool fan. There's a 15 year wait on season tickets at Anfield, wow. and the only way the only way you get to jump the queue is rather morbidly if someone was to die and give you their season ticket. That's the way. That's the one of a few ways to jump the queue. I think there's a wait on at Bramall Lane as well for a season ticket. It's not quite as long, but there's, there's definitely a queue. Um, but with us, make you have a have a postcode in the area where the club is. That's that's the thing. With, that's the thing with Liverpool. There's the season tickets, and then there's the Liverpool postcode membership, which is like your second in the line to get into a game. And then there's general sale. 
Um, but with us, you can just go, can I have a match day ticket, please? Yes. And then you just go in. Um, and I think that is why we are seeing much higher, well, one of the reasons why we're seeing much higher attendances is that with all league football, it's more accessible now. And then people fall in love with that club. Like I've, I've known people who are fans of different clubs come with me to Rotherham game and they've gone, you know what, it's actually really nice. And they've told me that they've kept track of Rotherham scores mm. and just kept an eye on us. Um, and that is definitely a uh, <clears throat> more, more at the forefront of everyone's mind in the current era because we are just a really friendly club. We're really, really friendly and, and welcoming. And yeah, it's um, a great time to be a Miller, just to be a friendly Miller. Mm. Yeah, let's let's be honest. The, the the environment for watching football. I mean, we're we're, we're obviously ten years into New York Stadium now, um, and and there isn't a game goes by where I don't walk into that stadium and walk up the steps and look out across it and think, I can't believe that this is our stadium. You know, the mm-hmm. environment for us as supporters of this club to watch football is better than it's ever ever been. You know, you, you, you when you, when you look back to Milmore, with all all of us who spent time there, have all got wonderful stories of of great nights. You know, beating Arsenal three one in the in the League Cup in seventy eight ish. You know, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was fantastic. It, uh, the feelings I remember. I don't remember the game, but you know, all those feelings mm. that you get. I, I've got images on my phone from the last day at Milmore, and you you know you look back at it with a certain amount of. Um, nostalgia I guess but at the end of the day it was a pit it was an absolute pit of a football ground you know it was a mess it was horrible but possibly probably that's why we all loved it you know mm. it, it, it was just a shed it was horrible the toilets were vile you know the the, 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 the seats were wooden and old and it was just it was just a mess so you know we've got what we've got now is is it couldn't be further away from what we had. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with this. It just <laughs> it's a big difference, you know, between it, it, if you, if I took somebody to Millmore 10, 12, 15 years ago, I don't think it would encourage them to go back. You know, you take somebody to Millmore mm. on a cold Tuesday night in November and it's peeling down the rain and minus four, they ain't gonna go back. You do that with New York Stadium, it'd be a completely different matter. Um, yeah. Now you've said that about Millmore, Mick, it's just jogged my memory of um, a story my mum likes to tell about Millmore. Now, this isn't her first game there, but it's her best memory. Now, this is the time where not really a lot of women went to football matches because um, it was in the early 80s, I think. Um, and my mum had gone uh, with her husband at the time and she had to use the toilets. Now, bear in mind, the women's toilets was just one single toilet that you had to get a key for to go and, <laughs> go and use. That's that's how few we went at the time. Wow. And um, she got stopped by a, a policewoman saying, um, <clears throat> obviously she got into the stand and then gone, tried to go back out to go to the toilet. And she says, oh, you can't, you can't have that in the stadium. It's an offensive weapon. It's like, what did, my mum took an offensive. She took a knife into Millmore. What's going on here? No, 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 no. It were a pink umbrella and she got stopped for it. Then it's an offensive <laughs> weapon. <laughs> wow. And she says okay. that's her favourite memory at Millmore, getting stopped for having a pink umbrella. He's like, what's she going to do with that? Try and stab one at players with it? Who <laughs> <laughs> should have saved that gong and throw a pink umbrella at you? <laughs> can, I just, can I just add into that? I don't know. Anybody that's watching on YouTube, Matt's not going to be able to put this comment up, I don't think. Um, but 
Miller XO has just put a comment in the YouTube. We can, we can, we can do it. Yeah, so Miller XO says, absolutely, Mick. He misses the smell of Bob Rolls, pies, smoke, and toilets. Put it that way. Mate, honestly, he is absolutely right. Do you know that smell? That smell that he's describing there, Mm. horrendous as it sounds, it's just, it it puts love arts in my eyes as well. If ever you come across it, it's just, it just, it just brings back so many memories. Yeah, we used to go with somebody who used to smoke them cigars. What them cigars called, Mick? Them proper cigars. Yeah, I used to smoke with them. And whenever I smell them, whenever I, whenever somebody smokes them, it just takes you back to being nine-year-old and uncovered main stand. Uh, It's sort of yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, We have Grace Kelly says parents threw me in a Rotherham kit at two-year-old. Never went to the matches. Now I've all just started going. The first match was Middlesbrough pre-season, which was last season. Uh, the picture is always used to embarrass me on my birthday, so we're not so bothered now. <laughs> yeah, like it. But you're living uh, in a race, don't you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are we? We've got some more comments from. We'll finish up what we've got from Twitter and stuff. We have Charlie Hawks, who says, Dagging out Wembley was his first game when he was six. His first game oh, was York. <laughs> His first game in New York was Ravel, um 1-0 winner home to Wimbledon. His first away game was Forest away in 2017's Ajay's debut. Uh, where else have we got? Scott Wilson says he went 92-93 season against Leighton Orient Milmore. Thinks he won 2-0. Standout moment was watching Bruce Grobelar at Milmore. I think it was at Plymouth that season. Um, mm-hmm. And Zach Jones, the final one we've got here. This season uh, was this season. Miller's won, Crew won, went with his granddad this season, and now he's getting a season ticket with him. Brilliant. I mean, that mm-hmm. Crew game was quite a good one to start you on because it summed up Rotherham United for 90, 90 minutes. It was really entertaining, and then a 90 second minute, he got kicked right in the gut. That's <laughs> Rotherham United in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll really ready for next season. Yeah. Grace Kelly says she has a funniest moment was her when Kelly scored on his debut and her not realising that her dad would go and crowd surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, we've got so many comments on here, guys. Thank you for everybody that's put them. We've got Mike the Miller asks Arsenal game. Frank Stapleton scored after seven minutes for Arsenal. Welsh centre forward David Gwythemic. David Gwythemic, yeah. That scored two from two diving headers past the legendary Pat James. I do remember Pat James. I don't know Just let me read you this Arsenal team out. I don't know whether I've got it here. You've got Pat Jennings in goal, Sammy mm. Nelson, I don't know, David O'Leary, Pat Rice, Willie Young, <coughs> Brady, Graham Riggs, Malcolm McDonald, Frank, Sun- Frank Stapleton, and Alan Sunderland. That was an amazing Arsenal side. They did not play their under 23s in the first round at League Cup or whatever. <laughs> that side was an amazing side. And we absolutely bad. And Dave Wyder were great. Similar haircut again. But he had come over, I think, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I remember that night. I remember it like it was um, 20, 30, 40 odd years ago. <laughs> 50 odd years ago. Uh, Paul Nixon says he remembers Mike Pollock coming back to Milmore with Chesterfield and then they just two. Carl, Carl Scott says he was having pies lobbed at him. Yeah, he I was, mean, yeah. To be fair, the pies were the softest thing being thrown at him. Um, that was incredible. Yeah. I was there, Mick. Danny, Danny and Ben certainly wouldn't be there. For anybody that didn't go, this is one of the pieces of Millpool was different. So the story goes that Mike Pollitt was with us. We got promoted from Division 3 to Division 2. He left a promoted team to stay in Division 3 with Chesterfield. Now, it turns out Chesterfield were doing some dodgy dealings 
and paying essentially bonuses which they didn't declare for one reason or another. And then in that season, because it was Chesterfield local rivalry, left to promote the team, uh, Rotherham fans were very, very unhappy with that. Um, and unfortunately for Mike Paul, it would play them in the whatever it was, the LG, LDV Vans Trophy, whatever it was at the time. And the first half was fine because Mike Pollitt was at the very far end from the Rotherham fans. And that was fine. Uh, the start of the second half must have got delayed for 10 minutes because people threw pies and coins and bottles. Honestly, it were just... I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that at a Rotherham game before, mate. The, the yeah. venom that the fans were, were chanting were, were incredible. Yeah, they, they didn't have social media to, to vent the stupidity out at that time, did they? So... Um, you know, it all got took out on poor Polly at, um, at Tivoli and he did get battered with uh, various bits and yeah. pieces, but it got sorted in the end and uh, everything he came, went, uh, he came back and, and he was forgiven, um, unsurprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also want to remember, we'll grab in a minute, we'll just go through the memories here. I want to remember, we sat, we sat in the main stand, we were sitting down behind the away dugout and somebody wants to a puck a pie at Gianluca Vialli. <laughs> and he ended up on him. <laughs> just the most Rotherham thing ever. This nice, suave, beautiful Italian man who's a god at football comes to Rotherham. <laughs> just starts taking a pie at him. <laughs> most Rotherham thing ever. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anything else we want to cover tonight? Um, I, th- I hope everybody's had a good laugh because. We've got to fill the time um, because I want to talk about other night. I don't want to talk about other night. Anyway, anything else you three want to mention? Any memories you want to bring up? Yeah, you've, you've made me think about Milmore now. That I need to forget it. I need to. I need to get rid of it. It's interesting that a, a number of people are saying in the comments as well. A lot of the time, it's the smells. It's not, it's not the. It's not the sort of things that you see. The visual stimulus. It's, it's. It's the smells. It's weird, isn't it? It's absolutely weird, but there you go. Yeah, they're, they're, every now and again, you'll I walk down a street or walk through a, a somewhere outdoors, a market or whatever, whatever, and, and I catch a smell of something, and it just immediately transports me back to that tunnel underneath Tivoli or mm. you know, underneath press box or, or wherever I might have been at that point. Um, bizarre, really weird. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think um, one thing that we could do, and I know this is going to be far, far in the future, but one thing I'd like to think we could do is when Millmore eventually goes and its sporting licence is gone and you know it's taken up by whatever fills that space, that we might, we're still thinking, but we might rename the West Stand in New York Stadium and call it the Millmore Stand because that's the stand that faces Millmore. Yeah, just a little commemorative thing, like when... <laughs> when the when the uh, spiritual home eventually goes, I'd like to see something like that if it's mm. in my lifetime. Because even though I never got to go to Millmore, yeah. Sorry, go on, Danny. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> never never went to Millmore, but you know, you know, it's nice, just nice something to commemorate an old ground, <clears throat> which I think a lot of football grounds don't do. Like take West Ham and the London Stadium, for example. No mention of the Berlin Ground at all. I know Tottenham Stadium's built on what used to be White Hart Lane, but it's not officially called White Hart Lane anymore. Mm. So just a bit of something, just to like, just have a little memento a Millmore. And one thing I want to see happen sooner rather than, sooner rather than later is to get the Derek Dalton clock out of Millmore and put it somewhere in New York Stadium. Yeah, that'd be very good. Uh, a, little, a, little, a little small part of what one of the stands at, Mill, at New York, they called the Railway and 
because it's next, still next to a railway mm. line. That would have been nice. That would have been a nice touch. Um, look at us complaining about New York Stadium. I've come down here. <laughs> Um, me and my next goes enjoyed it. Stop it, Mick. It's got some grit in his eye. Um, if you haven't done already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're creeping up to 600. That would be uh, please do that. We are going to have an episode on Thursday. We're going to be back here live on Thursday. But what we're going to do is we're going to have another trip down memory lane. We're going to go, we're going to use Lewis Alden's um article put on the website on New York Talk with Cool UK about the best loans rather than that I've ever had. So we're going to go trip and fall back in love. Which you should never do. You're going to fall back in love with some former loan signings. Um, see if you can find some rubbish ones as well, just to chuck them in as well. Um, and then we'll come back Sunday for any anything that's happened between now and then. Um, last call. Anything else you want to mention? No, ben, thank you. And super no. quiet. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I haven't got Wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, I should also thank you. I, keep, I always ask everybody to put five star ratings on iTunes, Spotify. I checked on Spotify the other day. There's like nearly 35 star ratings that I didn't know were there. Um, so thank you to everybody that's done that. If you haven't already, please do so. Same with iTunes. Um, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube video if you're doing that as well. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Check out athleticgreen.com forward slash Rotherham. And don't forget to Father's Day this Sunday. And Manscape is a great advert, as Danny knows. And can, can I just say, my dad highly recommends all the products. Highly recommends it. Yeah. <laughs> he asked Ben. Danny, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, as always, mate. Yep, yeah, always a pleasure. Benjamin. Hello. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and Mick, thank you for using your memory today. We were, I think everybody appreciates you helping with the history today. Uh, yeah, I'm tired now. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. It's, uh, it's a bit warm me out. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Anyway, thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Ravel. Ambitious.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.